1: culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision.
2: Today we're looking to uncover ancient timeless wisdom of the ages and equip ourselves to navigate the complexities of our modern times. After all, there is a famous proverb that says, "The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding." That's from Proverbs chapter 9 verse 10. It's not just the wisdom of our elders, though, that we're interested in, but the wisdom of God himself. Well, our special guest today believes that most of our modern problems result from losing touch with ancient biblical wisdom. Reuben Rose is an emeritus professor at the University of Sydney. He says ancient writings have been largely forgotten as we find ourselves in an age of information overload. And in the midst of extraordinary data accessibility, we've lost sight of knowing where to look for the wisdom we need to live happy, successful and fulfilled lives. Ruben's new book is called Ancient Wisdom for Modern Times Biblical Foundations for Life in a World That Has Lost Its Way. Ruben Rose has been a believer in the veracity of the Bible and a student of its wisdom for the past 40 years, and he is our special guest through this coming hour. Ruben Rose, a special welcome along to 2020.
0: Neil, thanks so much for your welcome, and thank you for highlighting that key verse right at the start of your talk. Because I suppose that is the key story. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I was really completely uh, shocked to find that it was just the beginning. Uh, You can't even get to the beginning without the fear of the Lord. And that's one of the challenges, I think, for us as a society today that has lost its way because it's rejected God and we're living in a secular age. And so when we talk about a
2: secular age and sometimes, you know, the growth of technology, the growth of knowledge, uh, sometimes we feel as though uh, God becomes less important in all of that. But the questions of life remain the same as they did for ancient peoples. So uncovering that wisdom is important for us, isn't it?
0: It is, Neil. And I suppose one of the challenges for us all as we, sort of interact with social media and various apps and the internet 24 hours a day people even wake in the middle of the night uh, responding to messages and uh, getting on their Facebook pages you realise that there's actually very little time that we we leave to be quiet before the Lord and just to hear His voice and His ways and fortunately the the great book itself provides Timeless wisdom that is completely compelling for us today. It's not something that we can just think well that was For olden times and and now we're living in modern times But the as you say the the questions still are the same for us, you know, who am I? What am I doing here? What's life about where am I going those questions can't be answered by the digital age in fact they're ones that actually completely d- delay us and uh, divert us from the real issues so for me, I suppose that was a starting point when I started to do the background for this book and write it because I felt I'd made many mistakes over my life. In fact, there isn't a mistake I haven't made. But the the story of God's wisdom increasingly made its way into my consciousness, and it's hard for us because I know you know this as we as we look around, and your your listeners know as well. As we look around each day, we're we're assaulted by various parts of the modern world which actually seek to give us a way of thinking that is away from god and without god at the center and in that whole world it's very easy to forget that we are made to be friends of god for eternity
2: is there a need for humility here reuben because uh, that modern mindset uh, that wants to dismiss ancient wisdom and say that is outdated because if you do dismiss that ancient wisdom, if you dismiss the wisdom of God, then somehow or other you're faced with an extra dilemma, aren't you? Because you've got to reinvent the wheel uh, and you've got to try and find out all of those questions that you were saying, the who am I question, where did I come from, why am I here? Those sorts of questions, you can't really do those without the ancient wisdom. So is there a need here for humility to in fact, explore and respect ancient wisdom.
0: Well, you're absolutely right, Neil. There is a need for humility. And part of our story, I suppose, is that we know a lot of people who are very intelligent and uh, are clever and know a lot of information, but be able to sift that information and make right decisions. I, I was really struck by, in my early studies around the story of wisdom, to find that This was the word used by Moses as he spoke to the children who were going to be entering the promised land. And and that was about God's own law and his commands. And he said that basically your understanding in the sight of all peoples. When they hear these, they will say this great nation is a wise and understanding people. So basically the, the laws of God, have been set up to be our own wisdom, and it's interesting that wisdom is is an ancient as the universe itself. And I was quite arrested by finding in Proverbs chapter eight that wisdom, who is sort of typified as a as a woman, but is really a foundation in the universe, and not only is it a foundation, but we're told that if we ask for wisdom from God, it will be given to us. So. Wisdom is something that God is part of His whole creation, and we can actually ask for it. And it was interesting, as a as a just an aside, a, a niece of mine. Uh, she is only 21, and she got a copy of the book, and she called me up, and she said, "I've only read 10 chapters, Uncle Rube, but." I already feel wiser.
2: <laughs> and, uh, that's got to be a real positive. There's a good selling point there for your book because uh, we want to feel wiser and sometimes wisdom comes from making our own mistakes. Uh, interestingly, uh, the Hebrew wisdom that we might look at in the Old Testament might be because we're actually reading of the horrendous mistakes that were made by leaders right throughout the Old Testament. I mean, the making of mistakes is partly, isn't it, a contributor to the getting of wisdom.
0: It is. It's interesting isn't that if we move forward to the time of the great apostle Paul that he writes in, in Galatians 6, 7, that we basically reap what we sow. So, that's that law of sowing and reaping is, a, is built into the fabric of creation to help us understand that if we experience pain in our lives, it may well be because we're doing something that is against God's own foundations and those things can teach us to walk the other way. That's what certainly I've experienced in my own life. I've at various stages have gone astray as I sought to sort of control my own world and felt like I was uh, outsourcing my own little part of the universe with my family and what I was doing but I realised that it's very easy to go wrong because our whole thinking has been uh, set aside by the society we live in and whether we know it or not we are sort of conformed to the world and uh, so we need to renew our minds as Paul also says and I think that law of sowing and reaping is such a critical part that we need to ask ourselves when we're experiencing a painful uh, outcome of something. It may be because of something that we've done that's against the whole principles and fundamentals of God's ways of doing things.
2: Uh, Ruben take us some more into your own story here towards wisdom uh, perhaps we'll be able to see ourselves in some of the things that you've been through some of the challenges i know you like to write about uh, the experience of you know trauma and success and failure and education calling even our parents and i i know you like to also reflect on farming so so in all of those different contexts there give us some idea of your own journey towards wisdom.
0: Um, well, Neil, I grew up as an only child on a farm in the middle of uh, the middle of nowhere in those times in the Snowy Mountains in a, near a little town called Galgetti, but it was uh, a farm of about 8,000 acres. And really, I didn't have any playmates. I uh, I went away to school, to boarding school. I was away when I was eight years old. And I suppose one of the things that you learn in that whole circumstance is that life is tough you know farming is one of the hardest areas of life I I became an academic and then I eventually became a farmer again but I realized it's one of the toughest areas of life and so you have to survive you have to continue you have to persevere if you're going to be successful in farming and certainly in my case I then went away to school and experienced a whole lot of pain and difficulties. Uh, But it was only after I left school and uh, became, it was a a Christian school, and so I had some of the fundamentals. But like many people that have gone to church-based schools, sometimes it inoculates us against faith. And so I suppose as I went to university, I became I thought smarter than some of those people who uh, were Christians and I sort of rejected that whole idea completely and I was part of a, a generation that grew up without God on universities and of course that is the main part of universities today but in my 30s it's amazing God reaches out to us in many strange and wonderful ways and I had a sense that I should take my daughter to Sunday school because I thought well it is important to find out about God. And so I took her off to Sunday school and there I encountered really the love of God in a range of different ways. And I'll just tell one brief story because I think it's significant for everyone who might be listening, whether they believe in God or not. And that is a pastor came to see me at work. He asked me a fundamental question, which is what reason would you give to God for being allowed into heaven if you died today? And it was interesting, just at that time, there was a screech of wheels and noise as uh, on Parramatta Road as cars ran into each other. And I thought, my goodness, this could really happen to me today. And I realized I couldn't give a reasonable answer. I could give no justification for myself. And so when I went back to him and said, look, I can't think of any reason for being allowed into heaven, he said, well, look, you need to read the Bible. And I was shocked to find that the this was a book that I could read and find out what was going on in the world and with me. And the eventual outcome of that was I understood the extraordinary free gift of God to come to him. And while I couldn't justify myself to God, God had already done the work that I couldn't do to be able to come to him and be accepted. And so that was a turning point in my life and very, very significant but I must say, along the way from there, it's not been a straight road. I've made all sorts of mistakes and gone wrong. But I have realized eventually that the law of sowing and reaping is, is very important because when things were bad, I realized mostly it was from my own doing and I needed to turn back and find out what God's call was. So that's a, that's a long but brief summary, deal. Uh, That's a very good
2: summary. And uh, the way I sort of perceive the way that you can talk about God's word, uh, God's word has value for you because you've gone on a journey like that. And so it's a little bit like what I can hear in your heartbeat, the value and the authenticity of God's word. Is affirmed in your own journey, and that includes the mistakes that we make, and the successes we have, and the failures that go along with that, too, because God's word becomes meaningful when it is applied directly into. The, when his wisdom is applied directly into our modern day. We're going to continue our conversation. I do want to open our talk back line. Uh, listeners, uh, welcome to call in and interact with our special guest. Reuben Rose is our guest. His book is called Ancient Wisdom for Modern Times, Biblical Foundations for Life in a World that Has Lost Its Way. Uh, Reuben, a lot of people will say, OK, where do I start with ancient wisdom? Oftentimes our minds go to the Ten Commandments and we say these are the commands that God gave the children of Israel. It was the foundation of a nation. Surely there's lots of wisdom of God in those. Uh, They've been pretty special to you too over the years.
0: Um, Neil, it is interesting, isn't it, to think that these were, well, these are the foundations, in fact, of Western society and uh, many people forget them, including me, because uh, I would... I suppose I hadn't looked at the Ten Commandments uh, for a number of years. And then about 20 years ago, I was sitting in church one day, uh, waiting for the service to start. And I went to a church where they had the Ten Commandments written on a big plaque up the front of the church in very big uh, writing. And I was reading through the Ten Commandments, which uh, which are worthwhile reading through because sometimes we've just forgotten what those are about and I rested when I came to commandment five which said honor your father and mother and you will live a long life in the land that the Lord your God has given you and something about it you know the word of God can cut through in a moment in that moment I knew that I needed to honor my father and mother by going back to the farm up until that stage I'd been a professor I was dean of the veterinary school at the University of Sydney I I was uh, going to international conferences. I was swanning around the cafes of Sydney, having a good time. When I realised that my parents, who were in their eighties, uh, needed help, I was an only child, and so even though I'd said that I'd never go back to the farm, I realised to honour my father and mother meant to return to the farm and to the help to help them and to to work. Out what to do next and you know it was a it was a sudden and alien thought in a way because I'd never thought of going back but the Word of God is powerful uh, it's like a two-edged sword isn't it and so in that moment I realized that to honor my father and mother for me meant to return and to to help them on the farm that they'd dedicated their last to and that was a very significant step it was a, a tough step and uh, while it was tough being an academic being a farmer was much tougher. So it was a very significant moment for me and it just showed I just shows how the word of God can be powerful and can impact your life in a very dramatic way.
2: Well, we're taking calls on one 316 as we're talking about ancient wisdom today. Let's take a call. Brent is on the line. Hi, Brent. Welcome along. Hello, how you doing? Very well, Brent. What are your thoughts? Good. Just um well I've been jotting down some thoughts while listening. Um, If you have Jesus, God's son, you have wisdom. And Jesus is greater than Solomon was.
1: Um, If a Christian lacks wisdom, then I think you should ask God to be filled with the Holy Spirit um, or the Spirit of Christ, which in Acts it says that the Holy Spirit
2: um, is the Spirit of Christ and Jesus is the, the wisdom of God.
1: In Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2, I read that it says that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of wisdom. So Jesus
2: is the is um. So having Jesus, having wisdom, you don't need to really look anywhere else. Um, Really good thoughts, good thoughts, Brent. And uh, that's one we don't often get to grapple with, is it? Uh, Jesus' wisdom uh, better than the wisdom of Solomon? And so many people, even the experts, would agree that the wisest man in the history of the world would be Solomon. But Jesus' wisdom, even greater than that of Solomon's. So, let's get a thought, Ruben, What are your What are your response there for
0: for Brent? Um, well, Brent, it's really great to have your input in this area, and I suppose I agree completely. Jesus Himself is wisdom, and has become wisdom for us. And so, if we have Jesus, we have wisdom. But day to day, it can be hard to work out what to do in any particular circumstance, and, you know, Jesus himself didn't come to see that the Old Testament was just passing away, he came to fulfil it. And we can gain a lot uh, by going back to those areas of wisdom that Jesus himself highlighted. He highlighted a lot of areas that were laid out in the foundations uh, of Proverbs and other of the wisdom books of the Old Testament. So. I think, as a general rule, it's good, and it's good to ask wisdom. Uh, in fact, it's good now to just ask God, would you give wisdom for those who seek it? Because we're living in a world that is really denied you. And once you have a world that denies God, it denies wisdom, because wisdom comes from God himself. And without a fear of the Lord, which means, the Hebrew means to venerate, to respect, to stand in awe of God, without a fear of the Lord, we can't even get to the beginning of wisdom so I think those points are are really key and you know one of the things that I've tried to do in this book is to write about wisdom from a range of different perspectives in terms of what will be helpful to people to understand so it might be you know wisdom in the workplace or wisdom in communication or wisdom in parenting, wisdom in planning and so a, a number of different areas I've tried to bring together the old testament and the new testament thoughts that can help us day to day because at various stages in our life we can be a bit lost and we can think what do i do in this circumstance well when we go back to the the basis of of wisdom which is the word of god then we can be we can be dramatically helped and you know just a simple thing like you know a soft word turns away wrath is a a really important of wisdom and so that's uh, you know a, a, an ancient an ancient piece of wisdom but you can see it have an impact in each of our lives today when you uh, turn away rough with the soft word you can see it has a powerful impact
2: and while we've got brent here there was a second element you raised to brent uh, the holy spirit being uh, the spirit of wisdom so Uh, Just to pick up here from Reuben, the connection here, because what we're talking about is the Bible, a written book uh, passed down from generation to generation, Uh, the wisdom of God that's passed on uh, not only to individuals but to nations, Uh, the Holy Spirit and his role in bringing that wisdom to life. Uh, A lot of people are just leaving that Bible on the bookshelf and they're hoping they'll get the wisdom from other sources. Uh, What are your thoughts here for the role of the Holy Spirit? Um, well, are um. No, getting uh, Reuben here. Oh, okay. Okay, sure.
0: Uh, um, yes, it was a very good point that you and Brent raised here, Neil. And I suppose that the Holy Spirit is the key story that initiates us into all wisdom because as we read the Word of God, uh, the Spirit prompts us in various ways. I suppose even my own story that I told about the looking at commandment five, honour your father and mother, it was the prompting of the Spirit that impacted me then to take action. And I knew without doubt that that action should be to return to the farm to help my parents and to encourage them in the years they had left. And so I think that the Holy Spirit is the key to to the whole story of wisdom as as we read the word of God and actually as we live our life every day because i think we've all had that sense of prompting wait a minute don't do that
2: when we're talking about uncovering this ancient wisdom which we're saying is found in the bible the application then in modern times comes to a whole lot of things that we're all doing and sometimes doing well and sometimes not how does the practical application of that wisdom work in many of the scenarios individuals are facing today
0: Well, Neil, it's a a very big question, but I'll just hone in on one particular area. And I've written a chapter called Wisdom in Conflict because I suppose we're seeing increasing conflict in the world today and increasing conflict even in our personal relationship. You know, I can talk to any person and find that there's someone in their family that they've had conflict with, there's some family member that they're not talking to. And there are some powerful... Instructions given in the Bible itself. I mean we talked about just before the break Proverbs 15 and a soft a soft answer turns away wrath uh, but a harsh word stirs up anger and In Proverbs and in the book of James we have that amazing verse Where James says my beloved let every man be swift to hear slow to speak slow to wrath and the problem is that we're usually swift to be angry and we're quick to speak and we're slow to hear. So we usually reverse the, the order. But it's such powerful material if we can just take note of it and to say, well, we need to be swift to hear for a start rather than be able to be swift to speak. And those sorts of guidance that we can get in the Bible is such an important thing for us to to actually deal with and, you know, it's, it's interesting that there are these little uh, gold nuggets scattered right throughout the book of Proverbs, and it's just worthwhile going through that book and underlining the things because they're all significant for us each day. As we read through that, we'll find some nugget that helps us to live our life in a more effective way you do take
2: time in your book to identify and take a little bit of time to uncover some of this ancient wisdom that's applied to modern life uh, you mentioned conflict what are the other sorts of areas where you've been really practical in the way that you've sought to brought to bring some biblical wisdom into the sorts of questions people are
0: asking well i think I start off really with what wisdom is itself, and some definitions. We've we've talked about the fear of the Lord, but the one of the things that I note in in one of the early chapters is the barrier to wisdom, and we find that sometimes it's ourselves that are that are the barrier. You know, we we ourselves have become a barrier because we've been slow to hear or been we've been quick to speak. We've stirred up anger, and so we need to understand some of those barriers to wisdom, which I cover. I cover wisdom in friendship, uh, what it means to be a friend, because, you know, it's easy to find ourselves uh, drawn into friendships where we find ourselves doing wrong things. Certainly for, for uh, ch- children, we can see that, that they can tr- get drawn into unhealthy friendships. Uh, I talk about wisdom in communication and some of the dangers and, and pitfalls there are in an electronic communication and being very careful about what we say in the digital world which can stay there forever. Uh, wisdom in conflict, uh, wisdom in planning, wisdom in education, wisdom at work and the importance of working hard and the importance of rest. Wisdom in money, wisdom in leadership, wisdom in love, wisdom in in marriage and wisdom in parenting. So I've, I sort of weave my own story through this because most of these areas are areas where I've made many mistakes, but at least I've learned from those mistakes and I can actually see the application of where we can apply uh, that ancient wisdom to our modern day. Well, we're taking calls
2: 1-800-316-316. Let's take another call. James is in Kaiabram in Victoria. Hi, James. Welcome along.
1: Hi, Neil. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't get the speakers. I'm. On free. I do this nearly every Ruben, time. <laughs> Ruben
2: is our guest. Ruben. Uh,
1: yeah. Ruben, what a good name. Yeah, I, I hope that you can allow me to bring this around to a, a discussion that I had with a Muslim that sort of clarifies. Oh, I don't know if it just sort of it comes into the same subject of what you're talking about. And so, after a many many parts of the discussion, he ended up saying, "Oh, you fear us," and and I said to him, "How can I fear something I do not respect?" The atrocities, the trauma, the, 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 you know, just, we won't go into more detail. You know exactly what's going on. So, but what uh, the Holy Spirit had said to me was, um, one time I met a guy from Korea, and uh, his name was Noel, in the Australian term of the word, Noel. Um, and he, but he said to me, Jim, I don't like this name. My father called me Sukoon and uh so i understood he preferred me to call him supreme but one day the holy spirit prompted me to say to, to father to jesus what uh what do you prefer because his real name is yeshua there's no j's in the hebrew language um and he said i prefer yeshua it's the name my father gave me so we know jesus come from the spanish and Jesu from the from uh, the greek um and that's just out of relationship uh, something i something I've, I've said before it's all about relationship. We need to talk to God. People think that we can't hear the voice of God, but he, God said, those who are my sheep, they know my voice. So everything I do, whether I tithe, I ask God, how much should I give? Whether I'm wanting to read a scripture, what should I be reading? Um, you know, I'm not making it on purpose. I don't get it all right. But I believe that we need to sometimes go back to the original Hebrew. It's amazing when you look at the word faith in the original, it's actually trust. Uh, faith comes by trust. Uh, but no, faith comes. James, you're
2: making, a, you're making a you're making some before. good points here, and there's quite a number. And uh, I throw over to, to Ruben for his response here. But there's a whole lot of different areas there, and uh, some things that you know may be unique to James uh, because of those relationships, those uh, conversations that he's had. But uh, what are your responses here for for James on on one or two of those
0: items, Ruben? Um. James, thanks for the call. And it sounds as though what you're doing is uh, walking out your faith in each day in fear and trembling and listening to what God is guiding you. And I suppose the the key part of your message that you just gave is the story of relationship. And you know God calls us into a relationship with him. and it's very it's very easy to lose sight of the big picture of what the main message, whether we're dealing with Muslims or we're dealing with non-believers or Christians, that God calls us into friendship with Him and He wants us to be friends with everyone else and to and to show His love. And you know, what I said at the beginning is that we're designed for eternity. We never want to lose sight of the the story that we're designed for a relationship to bring us into eternity. So whether we experience difficulty or whether we're experiencing joy or pain, it's all part of a road walking with God into eternity. If we can have that viewpoint, it's helpful for us as Christians because in the day-to-day, we can easily lose sight when we're faced with troubles and hardship and difficulties. We, we always want to live with the sense of eternity. And I was just reminded of this other day Neil because I came across once again the story of Arthur Stace and the fact that he spent uh, so many years writing on the pavements of Sydney eternity and that word was and the way he wrote it was emblazoned on top of the Harbour Bridge uh, when the new millennium started at 2000 and you know we we wanted to always live with that sense of eternity and live out of the sense of what God is calling us to his relationship and profound relationship with him and from that the relationship we have with others
2: Thank you so much to James in Kaiabram for your call 1-800 316-316 to join in our conversation in, just just to double uh, down on a couple of things here um, when we're having this journey that we're all on Reuben and sometimes we'll you know we'll separate our lives our before Christ and since Christ has come into our own lives and we have new relationship with God and so the journey then we would say in a discipleship sense is leading us to be more Christ like there's no guarantees we're going to get everything right from that very first encounter with Christ and uh, him becoming lord and savior but we're on this journey and so is there a sense in in which we describe our discipleship journey as a discipleship journey on towards God's wisdom and away from the foolishness of our own selves or of, of the enemy? Uh, what are your thoughts here for what wisdom means for the disciple who's growing more like Christ?
0: Um, Neil, I can certainly speak. Well, f- with first-hand experience of this because uh, there's, there's no more, there's no other bloke that's made as many mistakes as I have uh, throughout my life. And I realise that part of the story is this difficulty of being, having a renewed mind. We don't know what we don't know, but we've been formed in a way, increasingly a secular way, that doesn't believe that there is a God. And even if we have the life of Jesus in us, We still have parts of us that haven't been fully reformed. And so it's easy for us to go in the wrong direction. And, of course, sin drags us off the path uh, at any moment. So I think we have to be founded in the the fundamentals of what the Bible teaches us because we can easily forget that and we have to be reformed uh, and be renewed in our minds because our minds have been formed by the world, and they continue to be. We're assaulted each day with so much material. And I found that myself, even as a Christian, I was interacting with a, a range of p- people in business and in the secular world, and some of that can easily come into your thinking, and you can start to s- sort of think that way. This is why the renewing of our minds is so important, and the renewing of our minds is only possible as we take the Word of God and, in, and sort of imbibe it into ourselves. And read it and meditate on it, and uh, that was one of the things that I did learn in my Hebrew studies: is that the the Hebrew word for meditate doesn't mean just to think about it; it means to mutter. Um, it can even mean to sing. But we need to we need to meditate on God's word to say it over, and that was part of the the Hebrew tradition in the early days of uh, of the of the Jews was to was to meditate on that word. Uh, and Joshua said, as as they entered the promised land, you know, to meditate in the word day and night. And, and that's really a foundation for us today as Christians living in a world that's lost its way. Reuben,
2: in my own personal prayer time, uh, most every day, and some days I miss, Most every day, I'll pray, uh, Lord, I pray for cleansing of my heart, the renewal of my mind. Uh, When you talk about having a renewed mind, uh, this is not a one-off event, is it? Uh, My suspicion is, and as has been my experience the renewal of the mind comes progressively and the necessity for calling on God and his wisdom daily. What are your thoughts for for how people might think about how I get a renewed mind and get on a path of wisdom?
0: Um, Well, Neil, I suppose what you say is such an important thing because the story of renewing isn't a one-off event. It's an ongoing event because something of the world tries to keep on putting us back into the world and so our, our own flesh can take us in the wrong place. i just give one uh, a quick example here and uh, that's the lure of triangulation which I talk about in the, the chapter of the book on conflict that it's easier for us to talk uh, about someone to someone else. So when we have a problem with someone we tend to talk about it to someone else and I've seen this uh, as almost a constant feature of many churches. Many churches have have problems and splits and difficulties because people uh, talk about the other person, that the, well, rather than talking to the person involved that they need to be talking to, they talk to another person. And Jesus says quite clearly in Matthew 18 what we need to do, that if uh, if your brother sins against him, against you, go to him alone. Uh, and then if he weren't here, take two or three witnesses. So, there was a principle there that we often fail to take and most of us rather than talking to the person that's upset us or offended us rather than talking to that we're talking to them we'll talk to others and so there's just a, a, a simple example of something that we can do that can change the, the our own life and it can actually change the life of an entire congregation in a church if people stop backbiting and talking about other people to each other, it's a, it's a foundational principle which Jesus himself outlines. And, of course, the story of forgiveness is another one which is so powerful because Jesus says if we if we don't forgive, he says we can be handed over to the torturers, which sounds pretty tough. Uh, and I don't want to, to be handed over to those torturers. Um, he talks about that at the end of the, the story in Matthew. Uh, of the of the servant who was forgiven a debt and then failed to forgive another. And Jesus says, if you don't do this, that you'll be handed over to the torturers. And you can see that in so many lives that you see around us. And we've each experienced this, a lack of forgiveness is a foundational issue, which we know as Christians, but somehow it's it's very, very hard for us to do. But we have to remember that We can be handed over to the torturers who are waiting for us. And and, uh, I've experienced those torturers myself when I've failed to forgive.
2: So there are consequences uh, to be handed over to the torturers. You don't want to be handed over to the torturers. Interesting, when you raise these sorts of things, it takes us deeply into the thought that while we might talk about ancient wisdom, And we might be able to point to it, we might be able to describe it, we might be able to even apply it to ourselves, but we can also, interestingly here, talking about the torturers, you can actually contrast that wisdom with what the Bible calls foolishness. So you can put yourself on either one way or the other, the pursuit of wisdom, or uh, being caught in the mire of foolishness, uh, de- rebellion, uh, deception, uh, pride—those sorts of things—the uh, pursuit of wisdom also highlights those areas, those those negative areas, don't they?
0: No, they they do, and it, it is interesting, isn't it? That there's a there's a contrast, and as you pointed out, Neil, I suppose it's one thing to know the concept. Is another thing to live it out and I suppose each of us a challenge day to day in our lives. You know, we are imbued by the Holy Spirit if we've given our lives to Jesus, but it's very easy for us to fall off the path because I suppose our unreconstructed self can easily be pulled in a direction where we get angry, when we get upset with something, when we're when we're fearful, all those things can take us away and we need to be pulled back on the road which God himself can do through his own word. And I suppose that's why we have to be so careful of of, uh, reading this word and meditating on it night and day, because that's the source of life. That's the source that takes us through to God himself and helps us to remember that we're living in eternity. And being able to discern
2: those things from your own personal study and your own personal reading, that's one dimension, isn't it, Reuben? Because uh, I wonder whether there is something accelerated in the pursuit of the wisdom of God by being involved in a local church, uh, you know, rubbing shoulders with other people, because not only are we there exposed to the wisdom of God because of the preacher who might be in the pulpit but also from the struggles that others are going through others that we're rubbing shoulders with uh, what are your thoughts here for uh, for the interaction that we're called to have as believers and how that actually is uh, perhaps a pursuit of the wisdom of God and maybe a more accelerated way
0: well, it's, a, it's a very good question Neil and uh, you know what the what the answer is of course we're called into fellowship and community and of course one of the reasons we're called into that fellowship and community is to rub shoulders with people that rub us up the wrong way, that cause difficulties for us, and to uh, to grow us in love. Because I suppose there's nothing that's clearer of of, of a problem uh, with ourselves and our own sinful nature than when we come into contact with others at church and we find difficulties. We we find difficulties with the with the pastor or the the, the person leading the church. We find difficulties with each other but it's all bound to take us back to him. And I heard a very wise person say, uh, one of, we're, we're, we're one of two things in a church. We're either a worshipper or we're a person, there is a, an accuser of the brethren. And if you find yourself as an accuser of the brethren, falling fault with everything in the church that you're in, then suddenly you've turned away from a worshipper to worship God himself to become an accuser of the brethren so I think you know the there's nothing like the, the challenge of, of churches to bring us into a situation where we have to understand what God is calling us to and I suppose in the same way in marriage which I think is such a foundational story in the family unit of life marriage is the ultimate area to teach us how to, to become better people because we often have so many difficulties in the way that we interact with each other in our in our marriages, and it shows up all the sin that we have in our lives.
2: Wonderful stuff and time has run out, Ruben, but for listeners, you know, they'll know that we'll often spend time talking about money or marriage or family, uh, the workplace, all of those sorts of things, Uh, but we'll not always take time to just say, seek the wisdom of God across all of these different dimensions and finding some insight into those different dimensions. I'm going to point listeners to get a hold of your new book And uh, for listeners, you can get a hold of this book at Amazon.com.au. So wherever you might be listening to us, you can go online now and you can order it. It's uh, a book that is written by Reuben Rose. It's called Ancient Wisdom for Modern Times, Biblical Foundations for Life in a World that Has Lost Its Way. Reuben Rose has been a believer in the veracity of the Bible as a student of its wisdom for over 40 years, uh, for the last five years, he's even been studying Hebrew. And I didn't get to talk to you a whole lot about that in order to be able to dive deeper into that ancient biblical wisdom. But you can get a hold of Reuben's book and uh, you can actually accelerate your understanding of those things because his wisdom is clear on every page. And Ruben Rose, I want to thank you so much for taking some time to talk to us. Just to to say those connecting points once again, you can get a hold of Ruben's book at amazon.com.au and you can get a message to Ruben, interact with him uh, through his website called inancientpaths.com. inancientpaths.com. Ruben Rose, thanks so much for joining us today on 2020.
0: Thank you, Neil, for your time. I really appreciate it.